This year we observe and celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation on October 29th, Reformation Sunday. In preparation, starting today and for the next five Sundays, we'll review and study each of the six chief parts of Luther's small catechism. During Martin Luther's ministry, he became very concerned about the lack of understanding of the scriptures and sacraments, not only among the people of the church, but also among the clergy. Therefore, Luther decided to write his own handbook that we call Luther's Small Catechism. This series of studies is entitled, This is Most Certainly True, and includes a monologue on each of the six chief parts. This week, we will study and review the Ten Commandments. May God richly bless our worship of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave everything so that we might be saved from sin, death, and the devil. God gave Israel the Ten Commandments after he reminded them of his constant care and guidance, leading them out of slavery and into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. In that moment, with the thunder and lightning, the people feared God and begged Moses to speak to them. Their fear was justified in the face of such a powerful God. The first reading is from Exodus, the 20th chapter. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a graved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in, it, that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Get ready to hear God's Word. So there's an introduction each week to this Martin Luther piece. This is the introduction for the Ten Commandments. Martin Luther ordered the sections of his small catechism so that it reflected his theological understanding of how God's Word comes to us as both law and gospel. The law is that which shows us our sin and drives us to the foot of the cross. It is all of the shoulds and oughtas we feel convicted of in our consciences, those things which we fail to do, and those things we wish we had not done. The law that comes to us in the Ten Commandments is the basis for God's guidance in our life. The commandments give us the parameters for loving God and one another so that we might have joyful and fruitful lives in the midst of our community. Luther knew that the old Adam hangs around our necks, the original sin that plagues our species and leads us to seek our will rather than the will of the Father. That is why Martin Luther answered every question of what does this mean in his catechism with the response that begins, we are to fear and love God. He knew human nature very well. He struggled mightily with it himself. And Luther also knew that, left to our own devices, we would always choose our way rather than God's way. Through baptism, however, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which allows us to better be able to fear and love God. Inherent in Luther's explanations to each commandment is a broader view of our Christian responsibility to our neighbor. In his expositions on 1 Peter, Luther once wrote, We exist for no other reason than to be of help to our neighbor. This conviction of loving one's neighbor can be clearly seen in the depth and breadth of his explanation of each of the Ten Commandments. Let us hear God's word as it relates to the Ten Commandments. We'll hear now a message from Dr. Martin. I've been called a heretic, a wild boar, even Satan himself. But what I most tried to be is a faithful father and pastor and teacher. I believe that is why God placed this calling before me, to write this little book for fathers and mothers, for pastors and teachers. I am listed as the author, Dr. Martin Luther, but it is really just a simple exposition of the truth found in Scripture. Allow me to share the background of the small catechism. Our evangelical congregations in Germany 
which had finally experienced some freedom from the oppression of the Roman church, were under a new tyranny, the tyranny of ignorance. We sent out teams of parish visitors, two theologians and two lawyers in each group, to visit the congregations and make an assessment of their spiritual and social life they found. The situation was grim. Well, perhaps not by your standards today, but certainly by ours. Our congregations allowed pastors to marry, but some who chose not to marry still had living cooks. Private and public drunkenness alike were widespread. There was a shameful disregard for God's word in the sacraments. Why? One congregation did not celebrate the Lord's Supper in 18 months. The people had no knowledge whatsoever of Christian teaching. And unfortunately, many pastors weren't, were quite incompetent and unfit for teaching. Something had to be done. I was convinced by my friends to put my hand to writing a catechism, a little book of questions and answers. The first thing I had to decide as I began this assignment was where to begin. I wanted to include the basic parts of Christian faith, including the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer, things that had been included in previous catechisms, but which one came first. Some thought the Creed since it presents the Gospel of Jesus, but I believe the law should precede it, so I began with the Ten Commandments. Christian life starts with the Ten Commandments. The commandments provide a mirror to the Christian's heart and inform him of the true condition of the soul. Yes, the Ten Commandments show us our sin and expose us for who we really are. You shalls and you shall nots always seem to, to apply best to other people. Only when we are caught red-handed must we conf be confronted with them. In the explanation of the Ten Commandments, we see that they not only prohibit vile behavior, they also prescribe good conduct. In both cases, the commandments convict us of our miserable state. So best to start with the Ten Commandments. They help us break through the obscurity of sin and place the law's demands right in our lap. Only then can we be ready to hear the gospel of forgiveness. The law comes before the promises of God, before baptism and the Lord's Supper, before anything else. Thus, a Christian's life begins with the Ten Commandments, but commandments also shape the Christian's life. The Ten Commandments serve not only as a mirror to the heart, pointing us to the gospel, but they describe life as God intends for us, a healthy, God-pleasing life, which the gospel will motivate us to live. To fear, love, and trust in God, the Christian's aim. Everyone must have a God, that certain something on which we depend for life. People who rely on their money look to money to help them whenever they need or, or care for them in times of trouble. Money becomes their God. The Ten Commandments demand devotion to the one true God and instruct us to use his name as it is intended, to take time to hear his word. And since we must have neighbors, we should know how God intends for us to get along. Decent homes, protection from harm, true friendships, faithful marriages, respect for property, and orderly communities. Dear friends, we must understand that this is, there is a temporal and internal punishment for those who disregard and disobey God's commands. But for those who live by faith in his spirit, his son Jesus Christ, and who love and trust him above all else, they enjoy grace in every blessing. Friends in Christ, this is most certainly true.